Hey everybody, this is the Mercenary Musician Podcast. This is Peter Coulter talking to you. We are doing an episode on leveraging relationships in your life. It's a really important thing to do pretty much in any business, in any pursuit where you're trying to get something done. You need people. We're social animals. This is about that. This is some specific stories about uh, how I leverage some of my relationships to get from absolutely nothing to what I'm doing now. And here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of the Mercenary Musician Podcast. We are your host, Chad Broussard. And I'm Peter Coulter. And today we're going to be talking about leveraging support of the relationships you have. Yeah, this is a cool one. Uh, I mean, they're all cool in my opinion. They're like, they're like our children. You know, you you do have favorites, but you can't say it. <laughs> but we do discuss it um, in private. Yeah. So the 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 idea here is this is something I don't I don't hear uh, brought up very much in the music business stuff that I that I listen to, and and I I get why it's kind of like a it's not sexy, <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh man, here's like a cool, like hack. It's just, it's really part of the, what I heard someone recently refer to as the messy middle. Um, it's good. Part of the, yeah, part of the process here where, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's obviously the beginning that the point when you decide to start doing something. And then there's the point when you have gotten into a stride and you're, you've hit like the kind of jet stream and you're, and you're rolling and man, I hit, that's also good. <laughs> yeah. That's also good. I use, man, I use three different metaphors there. Yeah. I said, hit your stride, which is like running, walking. And then I said, uh, the jet stream, which is like flying. And then I said, you're rolling, which is like a car. So <laughs> yeah, I, 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 really, I really covered the field there. Um, so yeah, you've kind of got those two uh, people like talking about, okay, you got to decide. You talk about the very beginning and they talk about, the the part where you've like finally got momentum and you're rolling but there's like this whole part in the middle which i think is it can be the the most stressful part but it can also be the most fun part it's where like the biggest gains happen it's it's where the big the big changes have happened for me and this is a big part of making of getting from the very beginning to some momentum is uh leveraging your your relationships in your life and that you you shouldn't do that the the title of this can can be a little off-putting i think because it feels like you might be manipulating people um i'm not advocating that you manipulate people i think that you should be really honest with people about what you're trying to do and how they can help you and have open conversations with them about this i, I think the first Kind of the most obvious place to start here is a relationship that most, well, many people have a a lot of uh, a lot of leverage with their their parents. And I know a lot of people have you got different relationships with your parents. I understand that, but for me, I have a really close relationship with my with my mom, and it was really important for me in the beginning to be able to live at my mom's house when I started when I started doing this. And again, that's like the definition of unsexy is living with your mom in your mid twenties, but that's what the career dictated I do. It was, uh, I had a plan. I needed to save money. I was not making very much money. I was making, you know, $300 a week <laughs> or something somewhere in there. And I didn't 
Like, I could have afforded to rent a place, but that would have been all I could have afforded. I couldn't have saved. I would have been eating ramen noodles, and it I was just not the move to rent my own place. The move was to live with mom, and she was very supportive, and I, you know, I was very, we were very clear with each other. This is not going to be forever. I don't want to do this for more than a year or two at the max, and it ended up being a year. Um, I saved up a bunch of money, and I was able to, again, with her help, put a down payment on a house, which is, has been a, a huge, huge help for me to not have, not have to deal with a landlord, not have to, you know, rent a place. It's, it's been really, really great for me to be able to own my own place, have, and she, she helped me. She co-signed on the loan. It's, it's been a, a big move for me. And, and what you can do with a house, and I'm not a, everyone's in different positions here, I understand, but a plan that you could you could try to execute here. Lean on a supportive relationship like this, crash with your mom for a year or two, save up twenty grand or ten grand or fifteen grand or whatever you can. I know again housing housing markets are all different everywhere too. But buy a house, sublet rooms in there. And that's a way to cover a ton of your mortgage. You can start building equity in a house without a huge amount of income from gigging. You can be making, you know, 400, 500 bucks a week. And if you got a $1,200 mortgage and you got two rooms sublet in there for five, 600 bucks a piece, you're paying utilities. And then that's, you know, you're, you're building equity in a house. You're paying less than you would for rent. And like, that's a move you can make. And one way that makes that doable, one thing that makes that doable is being able to leverage relationships with people like mom or dad or, or, or whoever is going to let you do this. I don't, you don't want to do this with a friend, really. Crash on someone's couch for a year. That's not really a thing. So it's important to understand what what your relationships are and what what is fair to ask of people and what and to and to be clear with what you're asking from people. I, my mom didn't think I was trying to get out of there in a week and then I stayed for a year. Mm-hmm. She knew I was staying for a year or more, you know, and she was happy to do that because my mom and I have a great relationship. And I'm I don't want to get too deep into how how your relationship was with your mom. That's your own thing to do with your therapist. But that is probably the first place you should look. And that's it's there's a reason it's a cliche. Oh, I'm a musician who lives with my mom. It's a cliche because it's a thing that works. I mean, at least temporarily. You don't want to do that forever. You don't want to be in a position in two years where you still have to live with your mom. That's I mean, obviously that's you've done something wrong. Yeah, not listen to this podcast. Yeah, listen to this podcast. We'll get you out of your mom's house. But that's I think to me that is the primary example of this for me was that leaning on that relationship a little bit and uh, not everyone is going to have supportive parents in this either. I mean, I know some people, I actually make this joke at gigs a lot where I'm like, hey, everybody, thanks for being here. You know, don't post any of these videos online because my parents think I'm in law school. And it's, you know, that gets a laugh. People love that one. But it's a joke. And then I say, I'm, I'm just kidding. My parents are very supportive. That's why they let me continue living in their house at 32, which is also a joke. You have to tell them that one's a joke because they don't know. I feel like your parents are more inclined to go along with it if you actually have a plan in place. Absolutely. I mean, and you're honest and upfront. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, you may have torched your parent your relationship with your parents at a at a prior point too. So that, I That's one bridge you can rebuild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's usually, yeah. It's a Lego bridge. So <laughs> I like that Lego bridge. Nice. So yeah, that's and I I want to kind of separate this into the bulk of what we're talking about here is unpaid relationships. You're going to have relationships at, at a certain point in your career where you're paying people to do work for you. Like uh, one kind of primary example of this is somebody doing your 
managing your social media. Another kind of indirect way you're paying somebody could be like a booking agent. A booking agent is taking a cut of your gigs to book a lot of work for you. That's a um, a paid an example of a, a paid relationship that you can leverage. But primarily, what we're talking about today is this uh, these kind of free relationships, right? Because we're we're just starting out. We don't really a lot of a lot of you guys don't have any income coming from this yet. So it's not doesn't make sense to really think about hiring a social media manager or or, or anything like that. So. Leaning on your parents and your siblings even, step-siblings, step-parents. I mean, people who love you and are going to support you and are willing to help you. Think about that. Don't be too proud to ask for help here. This is this can be the difference, difference between getting from the beginning to getting into momentum or getting from the beginning to beating your head against the wall for six months and then being done. Here's another example. Early, early when I started doing this, uh, I... I kind of just posted on Facebook. This is this is another thing you can do. You can you can kind of leverage your social media network a little bit here and say, "Hey, everyone, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for gigs. I'm trying to do this full time. I'm and you know, people will respond to that if you have, you know, if you have friends on there who who can help you. If you're a good friend, they will want to help you mm-hmm. and they will try and they'll reach out and say, "Hey, I know a guy who manages a restaurant, who asked me if I knew anyone who knows, you know, like that type of thing will happen if you put this stuff out there and talk to your friends. Social media is a good way to kind of just shotgun blast it out there. But you can, and that's, you know, that's a broad strategy. You can do a little more um, specific, pick your pick your shot and punch type of strategy by talking to your friends who do work in restaurants and work in bars, who you know actually deal with this kind of industry. So my, my very first recurring gig it was an every other tuesday gig it was at a place called yucatan beach stand down on fort myers beach it's a cool spot it's like a giant tiki hut right over the bridge when you're going onto the island there buddy of mine from high school who was a a a good enough friend of mine like an acquaintance not a not like my best friend heard that i was doing that that i had kind of like burned the ships and i was doing the full-time music thing i had one weekly gig at this point (laughs) I had one weekly gig at this point. I see what you did there. Yeah, Burn the Ships is the name of an album from a band that, uh, The Electric Mud. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I uh, he heard through my social network, through our mutual friends who had been telling this to, hey, I heard you're trying to do the music thing full time now. Well, I manage this restaurant down here in Fort Myers Beach, and we're always looking for music. I got every other Tuesday open. You want it? And I said, yes. Thank God. Yes, please. Because I was literally making two hundred dollars a week, one hundred fifty bucks a week at the time, and now I'm making. Then I was making one hundred fifty bucks every other week. Divide that in half, seventy five a week. So now I'm making what two twenty five a week plus tips. All right, we're we're rolling. So that was like my first my first. I'm sorry, second recurring gig because I had that weekly Friday thing happening. And you can see, like in hindsight, think about that weekly schedule. It's every Friday night for one fifty. It's every other Tuesday for 150. So I'm making 225 bucks a week. My work week is Tuesday, Friday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday. What were you doing Friday, the rest of your Tuesday. time? Then? I was looking for fucking gigs, man. I was like, I was putting a, putting together. I put together a CD demo. It was even like we were still using CDs then. It was six years or seven years ago. Put together a CD demo. I was driving around to bars and restaurants that I knew did it. I was trying to call my friends. I was d- doing the stuff I'm advising you to do. Try to call my friends who I knew worked in this stuff, you know, calling restaurants, asking my mom. My mom works, uh, sells advertising for a radio station locally here. So she's like just a social animal. She like knows know everyone. Yeah. Wink radio. 
she just knows everyone in town. So I was like, Mom, if you know anybody, she you know she knows everybody. I've gotten gigs through my mom's friends before now, but it didn't didn't happen immediately. But I was like, Mom, and and another thing with mom is my mom is also so she's kind of goofy, and uh, is just like. I don't want to say it's hard to take her seriously, but sometimes it's hard, can be hard to take her seriously. And I think, and she like absolutely loves her kids. It's like mm-hmm. central to her whole thing, which is, you know, great. I know most moms are like that. So it, it's, it came across even to her friends who own restaurants and book music as like, oh yeah, okay, your son is a musician. Sure, okay, cool. And like, you know, just kind of got filed in the cabinet of like someone bragging about their son instead mm-hmm. of somebody actually giving me a good lead on on a musician, but still, I mean, I ended up, I have ended up making connections through that, through her social network and getting gigs. This gig that every Sunday gig on Captiva that I, that I love so much where the tips are crazy. That gig actually came from, it's my mom's friend owns that restaurant. She, her, my mom's friend called me up and said, Hey, I need you. I would like you to do this one event. It's like a one-off event that like your mom is coming to. And I want to just surprise her. She's been bragging about you for fucking eight years or whatever. And I would like to just surprise her by having you there. And I was like, cool, I can do that. Here's the rate. And she's, I, I actually remember the phrasing she used. She's such a, this woman is such a, like, pro. She's amazing. She owns, like, 15 restaurants. She's just, like, a, a real badass. And uh, I gave her the rate, and she's like, that's acceptable. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, it's just, like, super just pro, just pro-sounding language, you know? And, uh. Showed up, played the gig, and I just blew everyone the fuck away. They were like, oh, my God, this is your son? Are you kidding me, Paula? This is like, what? I thought you were just, like, bragging about your kid. Like, this guy is, like, a real professional. And I was like, yes. And I booked a gig from on the strength of that one performance, which is pretty sweet. Um, and it's a great gig. I love it. That's my Sunday gig. Uh, if you ever find yourself on Captiva, I'll be there Sundays, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., Key Lime Bistro. Check it out. So yeah, this is leveraging your your relationships here. That was that was a different example of me leveraging that same relationship with my mom. My mom is out there just bragging about me. Somebody called me up and said, "Hey, your mom's been bragging about you. Let's book something." And then, it, granted, it was kind of like a joke booking almost, <laughs> but you know, I showed up and they, I made the connection through that. So I have used my mom's relation, my relationship with my mom here, in in so many ways. I mean, she's like. You know, she carried me for nine months and then took care of me until I was able to walk around and move and stuff and and beyond, obviously. And so I, I leveraged that relationship and not in a manipulative, weird way. And like a mom, thank you so much for helping me way like you have been. You know, I tell her all the time that she has been just a huge part of my life. Here's here's another example of a family relationship. I got a great relationship with my with my younger sister, who is just amazing, extremely successful she works at like a staffing company, which is a lot of companies outsource their HR these days. So they don't have an HR department. They just have a company do it, do the hiring for them. She's been really successful. She crushes it. She makes a lot of money doing that. And there was a time a few years ago when I was going through some pretty intense mental health issues and addiction issues. And I needed to go to therapy and I didn't really have the money for it. And she was like, I will pay for your therapy. And that was... I mean, she ended up just paying for half of it. I was like, yeah, let's just do, you, you can do half kind of thing. And it was a huge help. It was just like what I needed at the time. I didn't have the money. I had someone in my life who loved me and cared about me who did have the money. And it was it was just a big deal. Like that type of thing will get you from point A through the whole messy points to point 
Z or what you know whatever your your momentum point is where you're where like where I am where I'm making great money if I needed therapy I could pay for it. I go to therapy still once a month or so I pay for it myself I got all the money I need to do that I've got all the money I need to pay rent I'm saving for retirement I'm saving for rainy day I'm, I'm just like I'm fine now but I used all these relationships in the meantime to get me here it was messy and it was unsexy and I lived with my fucking mom for a year and a half or whatever it was and but I'm here now and that's you just have to swallow that's you got to swallow your pride and you just got to leverage these relationships in a non-manipulative way in a communicative way ask your friends for help ask your parents for help ask your sister your brother ask them for help and you will get it and don't forget that the people that helped you and and give back to them and thank them so here's another example of a, a little more of an indirect one. So I've got, I've talked about this guy a couple of times on the podcast. He listens to it. Hey, Matt, how you doing? <laughs> He's uh, one of our early adopters here. I booked his very first paying gig for him. Or I, I didn't book it for him, but I had a sub gig that I needed filled or didn't need to fill it. But I had a, you know, it looks better when you say, no, I can't do that, but I can find a sub for you. How about that? So it, it looks good for me. It looks good from the other perspective. I helped this guy out and he's like, oh man, this guy's helped me out. Cool. You know, so I'm, I'm creating these positive relationships a little bit, you know, and also just doing something nice feels good. Helping somebody get started feels good. So this guy, how'd this guy find me? He had a friend who he knew was in the music business, buddy of mine, Caleb, who records, he's a recording artist, Neff. His studio is called Juniper, Juniper Records. Uh, if you're ever in the Southwest Florida area and you need to record some music and uh, you are a professional and know what the fuck you're doing, call him. Uh, he is very good. Um, anyway, this buddy of mine, uh, this new buddy of mine, Matt, reached out to his friend from church, Caleb, who he knew was in the industry. He said, hey, I'm interested in trying to play paying gigs. I know that you kind of do this. And Caleb said, hey, I know this guy who does this full time and is like the guy you want to talk to if you want to do this. Talk to Peter Coulter. Just basically, and he was like, he told me actually Caleb told me later he's like yeah I, I I didn't even know this is how this happened I met this guy Matt at a gig um he's like hey man nice to meet you you sound great you know he threw a tip in the tip jar he's like I, I kind of want to get started doing this how do you do this and I kind of chatted with him it was like a really perfect timing it was right at the time we were starting to do this um and then like three weeks later Caleb is like hey by the way I sent my buddy Matt your way <laughs> so like I had no idea this is this had happened Matt didn't mention Caleb He's like, yeah, I sent my buddy Matt your way. He asked about playing gigs, and I said, uh, just go hang around Peter Coulter long enough, and you'll you know, end up with a gig. <laughs> it's like, cool. And so it's just it, that's how this can kind of work. Ask for help. Think about the people who can help you. Think about the people who know the people who can help you. Think about the people who know the people who know the people who can help you. Caleb didn't have the time or energy or or and wasn't in the correct places really to help this guy directly, but he knew the guy, right? Who could help him and he sent him my way and if I didn't and if he sent the guy my way and I wasn't exactly the perfect guy I would probably send the guy to the perfect guy right like just kind of get in there ask for help find, make friends and we talked about this before with the networking thing going to open mics and stuff that if you're starting from total scratch that's go to open mics that's great but if you know friends who are doing stuff like this if you know a guy who makes a living recording as a recording artist Talk to him. Talk to her. Talk to these people that that might be able to help you. Other musicians, friends, ask your social media network, your parents, your siblings. 
Okay, so we've gone through, I think, kind of two main classes of these relationships you can think about leveraging. These are family relationships, and these are friend relationships, right? And these are both kind of free types of relationships where you shouldn't be paying these people really for your help. Although I will, you know, let me walk this back a little bit. It's possible to do something with your parents where you're like, yeah, I pay a little bit of rent to help out with them. I pay 200 bucks a month just to help out, and they, this is like unbelievably cheap rent. Clean the house. Clean the house. Like, do, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm a leech. Mow the lawn. Mow the lawn, like, you know. Or like with my sister, it was like, hey, I'll pay for your therapy. I said, let's do half, you know. Like, you can do what you can. Don't, like, lie back and try to have other people carry you around. But get help. You need help. Sorry to tell you. You can't do this all by yourself. It's just not possible. So get help. Another type of relationship, this is a slightly different angle here, is like industry relationships. So the relationships you have with managers, bartenders, servers who you work with, once you kind of start getting gigs rolling, be friends with these people. People help their friends. I'll, I'll give you an example here, and I think I might have told this story before, but I recently got a raise at my brunch gig. One of my, I love this brunch gig. It's it been really central this this year has been this 2021 has been like by far the most profitable year of my career and a big part of that has been this brunch gig it's every saturday morning every sunday morning 11 to 3 uh it was 250 uh, a gig now it's 300 so it's 600 bucks a week i'm making before tips before 5 p.m on saturday on two days right i'm making three times what my weekly income was when i first started you heard i, I was making 225 a week and i was excited about that seven years ago I'm making three times that in on Saturday and Sunday before 4 p.m. I could be home by five on Saturday and Sunday and not work five days a week and be making more money than I was seven years you know like this is it's the point I'm trying to make is this is a great gig I love it and I got this raise this little $50 raise the re and the reason I asked for a raise is because I knew this is related to a, a different episode that we we had the know your value episode is because I knew my value is because I was watching what was happening with me at this gig. I was hearing what the managers were telling me. I had three different people at three different levels. I had the manager closest to me who is kind of my closest, my friend. Uh, then I had the GM who was above her. This is kind of a corporate structure. This there's like 12 or 15 restaurants around the country. And then I had the owner, the owner of all of the whole thing of this whole chain. Who is, this is like one of his favorite areas where his restaurant is, uh, like Naples. It's really in a kind of fancy spot. Uh, he likes that restaurant the best, so he comes in like every month or every other month or so. He told me personally, he said, man, this is working. You're doing great. I, I'm so glad to have you here. You're like helping us. Uh, like the numbers show a difference with you being here. And I said, cool. I'm definitely going to ask for a raise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's three people in in management positions telling me that what I'm doing is is helping them make money. So I thought, okay, I bet I can get a raise out of this. And I'm certain that even if I ask for a raise, it's not going to get me fired. You know, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say, no, can't, can't afford it. You know? So I said, Hey, uh, the manager closest to me, I asked, I'm, I've got a lot of demand here. I am, I've only got so many days a week that I, that I work at, at this these days and I, I'm getting some demand and this is not a lie. I'm getting some demand for another brunch gig on Sundays. I'm just going to see if I can get a raise from you guys. If, if, if we can bump this up to 300 a gig, um, these are four-hour gigs, too, so I'm not asking for 100 bucks an hour every twice a week, which that wouldn't be ridiculous, but, uh, I mean, I'm, I am happy to give a little bit of a pay cut for somebody who's willing to pay me Saturday and Sunday every week, 
52 weeks a year if if I don't go on vacation. So anyway, I asked for this bump in pay raise. She said, yeah, I'm going to have to ask my GM about that. So I said, thank you very much. I really appreciate you going to bat for me. You, you know, thank you, you know, because she and I are, are friends. We get along, we chat. This is a relationship that I have developed on on purpose, not not in a manipulative way. Not I'm not a psychopath like I don't care about you at all. I'm just developing this relationship to make money. But it's because I'm interested in people generally. She's a nice woman. I like talking to her. We're fr- And we work together. And it's advantageous for me to be friends with her. You know, so it's all those things together. And so we're friends. I asked her for a raise. She said, I'm going to have to ask my manager. Manager asked, or she asked the man, her GM, the guy above her. And she told me this story. She said, you know, I, I said, uh, Peter's asking for a raise. And my GM asked me. Uh, well, is it is he worth it? <laughs> and she said, yes, absolutely, 100%. And he said, cool, do it. And that was it. That's how that raise happened, is because I am friends with this person. It's because I'm kind and thoughtful about this person, and I appreciate this person, and she appreciates me, and we talk, and we're friends. And I, you know, and I, and I said, and I kind of, I leaned a little bit on the relationship. I said, hey, thank you so much for going to bat for me. I really appreciate you doing this. Like, I know it's not... You know, I know that you're going above and beyond to go ask your, you know, to go do this for me. I appreciate that. And she said, no, you're welcome. I appreciate you. I think you're worth it. And then she came back a week later and said, yeah, I told the ma- the manager who asked that you are worth it and you got the raise. Cool. And so now I'm making 600 bucks a week before 4 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. It's like absolutely nuts. Yeah, here's I'm going to hopefully not cause my Uncle Bill to bite his tongue out by saying I'm going to go off on a tiny little bit of a tangent. Tangent here. time. <laughs> tangent time. Do, 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 tangent. Like the Daily Double on uh, Jeopardy. Danger, danger, <laughs> danger. We got to come up with some kind of a, like or- orchestral sting yeah. for that. Um, Big Phil Collins. Man, I've, you know what's funny is now we've done all that. I fucking forgot what my tangent was going to be. Uh-oh. I'll just do that from now on. <laughs> no, no, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um, so this kind of thing can... The fact that I'm making 600 bucks a week on just Saturday and Sunday morning or morning, early afternoon means that I can hold out for other stuff. I can, I don't have to take a $150 gig ever, ever, never, ever, ever in the history of mankind. I don't have to do it ever again. Knock on wood. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this position where if every other gig fell away, I could live on that. Mm-hmm. If I could live on that. Right. So, uh, and we've talked about this before a little bit, this Thursday gig, I asked her for a raise and she said no. Um, that was 250 for four hours that was going on. And it's a good gig, but it's the difference, again, that Thursday, I take Monday through Wednesday off. That Thursday is the difference between me having four days off to work on my solo original stuff and this project, this mercenary musician project, and whatever else, and go on vacation and have, you know, go to the beach and whatever I want to do. It's the difference between a four-day weekend and a three-day weekend. And that's a big deal to me. So I, you know, asked for a raise and she said no. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's still do maybe every other Thursday starting in January. It's December right now of 2021. I said, let's still do, you know, every other Thursday in January. And she's, and this is very cordial talk. Uh, she and I have had some kind of combative talks before. Um, she can be kind of tough to, to negotiate with, but this was a really cordial one. You know, I, I said, I, I re- and I recommend you do this, either talk in person if you can, or I never see this person in person. So I texted her and I said, hey, can we get on a phone call and talk about something? We had a phone call, voices on the phone, asked for the raise. She said, no, can't do it. It's just still kind of tight. And she had some reasons. There will be a, an entire episode about asking for a raise without without losing a gig 
which is just pull a gun out. A guns help. Yeah, absolutely. Guns. Guns. <laughs> Brought to you by Guns. NRA. Yeah. Our first sponsor. <laughs> Man, that would be a weird one. Yeah, it would be. Sponsored by NRA. Just Mercenary for... Musician. Hey, fits the title, Mercenary Musician, yeah. Yeah, and they're going to be um, building us uh, military-grade guitar cases. Yes, I like that idea. That's a good idea. Mercenary-grade. <laughs> uh, anyway, NRA. we're on a tangent on a tangent now. Uncle Bill, please don't bite out your tongue. He said he was going to bite out his tongue if he heard the word tangent one more time. There was one episode where we it was particularly bad, but I think biting out your tongue is a little extreme of a response, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so she said no to the raise. I said, okay, well, let's try to book every other week in January instead of every week so that I can kind of do my four-day weekend twice a month and do my three-day weekend the other two weeks a month. And uh, she said, yeah, that sounds good. You know, we appreciate you. We want you here. And I said, okay, yeah, cool. Just not enough to pay the money I'm asking for. But <laughs> that's not, not the point. I, I texted her back recently after that, that conversation was about a month ago or maybe a month and a half ago. And I texted her recently and I said, hey, uh, just looking to try to book those every other Thursdays. Remember, we talked about still doing every other Thursday at the same rate. And she hasn't responded to me. And I suspect she may have just booked somebody else or might have just said, oh, this guy's asking for a raise. This is just more trouble than it's worth. I can find somebody cheaper. And in a different in a different part of my career, that would be a problem. I would be saying, oh, shit. I'd be texting her again. I'd be saying, hey, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to ask for a raise. Maybe. Please help me. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, You're I, don't fucking, I don't fucking need that gig. Mm-hmm. I'll take my four-day weekend. Thank you very much. Now I'm working Friday through Sunday. I got doubles Saturdays and Sundays. I'm making I'm making six hundred bucks before I even get to the second half of my doubles on Saturdays and Sundays. My my weekly gigs that I don't even have to think about booking are Saturday and Sunday brunch and Sunday evening, and that's eight hundred bucks before I even pick up the before I even have to say yes to any any other gigs. Plus tips, and again the tips on that Sunday gig are insane during season, especially I made three hundred bucks in tips. With tips, I'm making like twelve hundred bucks on. Just Saturday morning and then a double on Sunday. And I'm and the fact is the Friday evenings and Saturday evenings, they book themselves at this point because my, my reputation is so good and I'm so out there now. They just book them. I don't have to like call people to book these gigs anymore. So my work week is now three days and I'm making like eighteen hundred bucks, two grand a week. It's just absolutely crazy. And my my point here really is that by slowly increasing your leverage and getting to these positions where, okay, I've got, I've got things kind of settled in. I don't need any one gig. You get yourself into a solid position where you, you just don't have to beg where you're in a, where you're negotiating from a position of power. And it's not mentally taxing, which is huge because we know stress kills. It does. Um, so that was, that was a pretty long tangent because we went on a tangent on a tangent, but I'm going to say tangent one more time. Tangent. Guns. <laughs> uh, but it, it really all stemmed from this leveraging a relationship with a manager who I'm friends with. And part of it, even on the on the on the micro level, that's kind of even the macro level of the of that particular gig on the micro level. I tip the bartenders and servers there. I'm very kind and friendly with everybody who works there. I'm doing my absolute best to stay out of people's way. I'm like I'm creating strong relationships with everyone in the building people like me there people want to have me around i'm 
leveraging that, those friendships to like, like I help her team feel like they're having more fun on those days and feel like they're making more money on those days. That's part of, part of the whole thing is you are one, you're you're a, a social, you're a social animal here and you need to be especially so in this line of work. You need to be friends with people and you need to not just be friends with people, but be friends with people in a way that can help your career. And, and I, again, I, I know that that can sound creepy or manipulative, and I, I really don't mean it that way. There's, there's a way to do this where you're, where you're friends with people, and you can ha- do business with people, and you can get everything you want out of your, out of the, your business relationship with somebody and still be friends. So sounds like what Peter's basically trying to say mm-hmm. is go buy the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That's a good one. Read it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Use it as a reference moving forward and you won't ever feel like you're manipulating anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, just you're you're not it's it's a mind there's a bit of a mindset thing here where you're not trying to trick someone into booking music that they don't need. You're trying to help them in their business. You're trying to help them make more money, have a better help me help you restaurant. Yeah, you're like you're 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 helping them, you know. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. What um what do we got? Uh, let's touch on one one more little point here. I, I just want to kind of go. We we talked about the types of relationships, sort of like your family, then your friends, and then people you work with. Right? These are relationships you can all leverage. But there's another kind of different overview type way to look at this stuff, which is what are you getting from the various relationships? So there are a couple different, um, and this is just looking at your relationships from, from the business angle, right? So take this with the caveat that this is not the entirety of your relationship. This is going to sound manipulative if, if, if I'm saying this is all you're getting from the relationship, but this is not, not it. Um, you're getting some financial help from some of these relationships. For instance... Uh, with my mom and my sister. I was getting financial help by having a place to stay. My sister was helping me pay for therapy. That's financial help. Then there's another type of help. There's the emotional help, psychological help, which, uh, you know, kind of a Venn diagram crossed there with what my sister was doing. She was also helping me psychologically by helping me get therapy. Uh, my my partner, my, my girlfriend, who I, I live with, is a huge emotional support for me. That's something that, Without her, I would have fallen apart years ago. I I almost did fall apart years ago. Those types of relationships, you need to be you need to be mentally stable to do any job. But this one, especially if you're going to go out in front of a crowd and say, hey, I'm the fun captain. We're having fun tonight. You can't be a depressed piece of shit. You know, I'm I'm sorry. I've tried it. I mean, it it is possible, but you can't do it well. And it's 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 even more emotionally damaging than sitting at home crying, like putting on that face, the clown face. And going out and acting like you're having fun while you're depressed is really, I think it's damaging for you. So don't do it. Steer clear. <laughs> Steer clear of that. You just take care of your mental health. It's so important. It's just the basis of everything else. Um, and then there's professional help, like what we had with uh, the manager story I just told you. And with my very first, uh, not my very first, but my, that second recurring gig, that every other Tuesday gig that I got, that was a that was a business, a professional support type of thing that I got from a friend, right? So you can kind of think of these relationships in terms of where they are in your life. They can be family, friends, or 
people you work with or what kind of help they're providing financial, emotional, or professional, you know, and there's, they're not, they don't all neatly fit into categories. Like with my sister, again, it was financial and it was also emotional, psychological stuff that she was helping with. So just different ways to think about it. Um, and then we will get into later paid relationships where you're talking about booking agents and social media managers and stuff, but that's really beyond the scope of today's show. Um, although those will be relationships that, I mean, that's, that's where you can actually kind of be a psychopath if you want to. Um, you can say, yeah, I don't have to be fucking friends with you. I'm paying you. <clears throat> you do this job. And if you're doing it wrong, you're gone. Here's a, just one last thing to, to close with. It's a little bit of a kind of a meta thing, right? So I'm sitting right here looking across the table at Chad who releases these podcasts, does all the, all the work basically for this show. Um, and is doing the vast majority of like the businessy stuff for the mercenary musician brand and the, and the course and everything. This is leveraging a friend relationship. Chad and I have been friends for years. I love Chad. Chad, I love you. I love you. Thank you. And it doesn't feel like he's manipulating me. It doesn't feel that way because I'm hiding the fact that I'm manipulating you. He's doing you. it very well. He's a pro. <laughs> um, but we, it was, it took, you know, it took, I, it surprised me how long it took me to, to realize this, but I had this idea for the mercenary musician thing. I was like, man, I'm really kind of crushing it this year. I feel like I've dialed some things in. I figured out how to do this. And I feel like there's no uh, there's no resources for people trying to do what I do. And I'm like, I know people who want to do it. I've had people ask me, how do you do this? And there's like nothing out there. Um, it's like all the music business stuff is like, here's how to release original music and how to build your own band and your brand and yeah. stuff. And it's like, that's not what this is exactly. Exactly. And I was, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I was like, this shit is never going to get done. There's You've no been way on I'm, it for a while. There's no way I'm ever going to fucking do this because I'm so busy because I got other stuff to do. I'm, I've, I was in a band. I had a solo project. I've mentioned the stuff that I do here. Mm-hmm. I'm in a solo project. I've got obviously my four gigs a week, my four days a week that I do gigging. And then I do, I've got to run the business too. I got to do bank deposits and I got to do taxes and I got to do all that. You know, I got to do a lot of stuff. And I had this idea. I thought it was a great idea. Chad was like, yeah, I, uh, he was working at, in a food service, managing a food service, uh, company of some kind and that shut down obviously for COVID and he's so he's kind of in between stuff and he's like yeah you know I'm just waiting for something really cool I, I like I'm not going to do something I don't like anymore and I was like yeah that's I hear you man and like we, we had that discussion for like fucking t- so many months and yeah. we were having coffee every week and finally I was like it just dawned on me why don't you do this <laughs> seriously <laughs> you know I have this idea and I can make the, the content I have the kind of knowledge here why don't you do this job that I need done that I'm not going to fucking do. And you're like, that sounds pretty cool. And we kind of talked about it and here we are. Yeah. There was no podcast in the beginning. There yeah. Was none of this. So that's like leveraging a friend relationship. You know, you've got a friend who is capable in a particular way. And it was, oh, it was a help me help you. I needed something and you needed something. Exactly. I was looking for something to give me purpose and you were looking for someone that was able to do this yep. and, you know, do it the right way. Yep. And, and here we are. We took it and we expanded on it. And 20 years from now, when Mercenary Methods, which is the parent company, is <laughs> making us millions of dollars, we'll be there to help you guys, too. That's right. I'm not going to be helping you at all. I'll be done by then. Well, I need to help. So <laughs> I'll help. I'm just kidding. I'll give you guns. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back to the guns. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure. We couldn't do it without you. Well, yeah. We, we probably could, but we, we need you. <laughs> yeah, we need you. Hey, get in touch with us. Uh Peter at mercenarymethods.com. Chad at mercenarymethods.com. Check S- us out. YouTube. 
Spotify, Audible, Pandora, Apple Podcast, Podbean Podcast. We got to write these down. Instagram, Facebook, in your ear. Mercenary Musician. Follow us. Check it out. Um, and yes, the, the real, the final point here. Swallow your pride. Ask for help. You need help. I'm sorry to tell you, you just need help. You can't do it by yourself. But be honest. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Be safe. We'll see you next time.